Hey, it's Bethany and Bethany, and this is the Kegel Chronicles podcast, the show where we talk about pelvic health, women's health, mom life, and a lot about sex. It's definitely one of our favorite topics. You'll hear from us, two pelvic health experts and the owners of Arkansas Pelvic Health, and interviews with other powerful women and dudes that support us. Welcome back to the Kegel Chronicles podcast with Bethany and Bethany. Today, we are talking about the Kegel controversy the Kegel controversy on the Kegel Chronicles, where we at the Kegel Chronicles don't think you should be doing Kegels. No, you shouldn't. You should not. <laughs> We've jokingly, but maybe maybe seriously, considered changing our all of our tags to Don't Kegel Chronicles. Which I think is probably a great idea. I mean, but it's like we'll, learn better, do better. Right. But it's been our handle for so long at this point that I just like want people to be able to find us still. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Let us know. Cast your vote. Yeah. But basically, you know, when we first trained for pelvic floor therapy, so we have our doctorate degrees from physical therapy school, then we just started practicing, and then we took some extra continuing education courses through Herman and Wallace and learned a ton, but a heavy focus there was Kegels. Um, I wouldn't say it was the only focus. Definitely the first course Mm -hmm. It's kind of the epitome of what you learned, some mapping and some Kegels. And so then when you come back and you start practicing, that's all you know. And then you might take a few more courses, but Mm -hmm. you still kind of go back to your very first, like, what you did. But then as time goes and as we trained for our pelvic practitioner certification, took took more courses, read more evidence, we were like, oh, shoot. That was embarrassing the way that we treat it. Like, so, but learn better, do better. And let's normalize learning more and changing opinions. And and consistently (laughs) learning, never stopping learning and making ourselves better therapists and figuring out a way that works for our patients and for us. Right. So first, tell them just what a Kegel contraction is so so they know what we're talking about. So a Kegel contraction is just a contraction of the pelvic floor muscle. So if you were to stop the flow of urine, stop the passage of gas, that's just an involuntary thing that should happen, but we can actually voluntarily contract those muscles. Right. I usually explain it to my patients like blinking. Mm-hmm. Like my eyes, like my eyelids, they just blink when they need to, but intermittently sometimes I squeeze them shut on purpose. Yeah. Maybe I'm scared that Stephen is driving poorly or something. <laughs> but Same with Chris. <laughs> but I mean, like a Kegel contraction is just like that. It happens automatically, but there are times when you can make it purposefully happen. So then you go back to the question of like, why are you training things consciously and purposefully if they actually act in your body Ooh. automatically? Dusty, be Blake. Right? And yeah. so I can understand why people do Kegels. They're like, oh, it's the pelvic floor muscles. They're weak because I'm leaking. But are they? <laughs> question mark. <laughs> well, like I'm texting. <laughs> Talking just like I'm texting. (laughs) Brie. Brie literally says LOL in person. Brie's one of our therapists, and she's fantastic. So anyway, I mean, why are we training things consciously when they work subconsciously? And I can get why people do it. They're like, oh, it's the muscles. This is how you exercise them. But but that's just not how it works. No. So do you think we should be incorporating Kegels in our practice at all? I would feel very comfortable saying just absolutely not. No, we don't do Kegels. 
But I have had like two whole patients in the past three years that I've assigned Kegels to. <laughs> two whole patients. I think intermittently, there. If you're looking at the individualized person and mm-hmm. what could benefit them, yeah, I think intermittently yeah. sometimes you can do Kegels. But what I also do is train functionally. Yes. You will never ever ever catch you in a room with a patient doing only Kegels, especially multiple visits. No. And when I give them Kegels, I tell them they can do three a day. A day. Three times a week. Yes. I'm talking less than 10 a week. I just want some, like, consciously tune in to see what that feels like. Are you squeezing or are you letting go? Because we all know that people overdo all the things. So when you tell them three, they're probably doing six. Yeah. I mean... The thing is, is when you Google any pelvic floor condition, mm-hmm. it almost always says Kegels because that's the only thing people know. Yeah. Like Arnold Kegel, love and hate him. He <laughs> he discovered, <laughs> you know, the pelvic floor muscle contraction. And it makes sense if the, something's weak, you exercise it. Right. My arms are weak, I go and exercise it. But that muscle works automatically. So how can we support a muscle that works automatically? Yeah, Exactly. I mean, not doing Kegels. But first, what do you do? Like, what do you even do with a patient to determine, oh, what's going on here? Yeah, isn't that interesting? We do a pelvic floor muscle examination. Externally, I'm looking, I'm palpating or touching or assessing the muscles individually because you can actually individually assess every single muscle in the pelvis. It's just like we joke about it because it's orthopedics in a cave because it's blind anatomy. Right. You have to really know what it's you're just like regular physical therapy. Touching. Yes. But it's Internal. in a place that you can't You can't see. see it. So you just have to really know it. So I'm assessing the muscles. I'm I'm feeling the tone so of them. So she's touching the muscles. Touching intervaginally, them. Yes. Interrectally. So if you've had in quotation marks, pelvic floor therapy and you did not disrobe, no one did an actual exam of course, you need to consent to it. Some of our patients right. don't consent, so we and don't do fine. it. But if it wasn't offered, then they're probably not pelvic floor that's physical therapists. That's not pelvic therapist. floor PT. No, we have to do a good assessment to then realize. And and also, we're bringing in the ortho background, too, because pelvic floor is not just in the pelvis. It's an overall body assessment that we're watching. And so, are their glutes weak? Are there, are there glutes too tight? Like what's making the pelvic floor function the way that it needs to? So we treat with a functional overall body approach in the right. gym. So what she's saying is it's a full body approach. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, like the neck bones connected to the shoulder bone or whatever that song is. Like it's all, <laughs> it's like, it's all connected. And so if you have a pelvic floor condition, why are you only doing Kegels, mm-hmm. right? You should be looking inside and outside the yeah. pelvis and when that muscle contracts automatically, how about support it in that contraction? So yes. don't force it to contract. That's not how it's going to work. Right. But support the hips, support the glutes, do purposeful exercises that make the pelvic floor turn yeah. on. So there is one study, I love this one, because it was when you reach for a cup of coffee. It's like, oh, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, most of us do that. I, yes. mean, I have coffee in my hand right now. Uh, as do I. Um, the pelvic floor contracts like 0.2 microseconds before you even reach for the coffee. It's like a stabilizer muscle. It supports your low back. It supports your core. Yeah. And so why aren't we doing lifts and, mm-hmm. I don't even lifts with weights. Yes. And lifting heavy. I feel like with the pelvic floor, so many people are afraid to actually lift, but yeah. it actually makes it better. Yeah. I mean, because it makes your pelvic floor contract. Yeah. And so... And I always, you know, there was that whole idea of, oh, start on your back. And once you can master the Kegel on your back, then we'll do it seated. And once you can master that, you could stand. And that makes sense for, like, babies learning to, like, crawl. Like, yeah. you roll and then you crawl. But if a mom's coming in here, they're already holding their 8-pound baby in an 8-pound carrier. So we're already 16 pounds. We don't live life functionally laying down on a bed. 
Right. The only time we're laying down a bed is either to sleep or like maybe watch TV for a little bit of time. But like that's not how we live life. Right. That's very rarely that's my patient's complaints of Mm -hmm. um, incontinence. And when it is, I'm like, please get your blood sugar checked. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's it's usually not a pelvic floor condition. No. No. Um, Anyway, to the whole, I mean, it's been on social media a lot lately, too. That's why we're even talking about this. It's been a large debate. And we get messages from providers all across the country about why we practice the way that we do. And our simple answer is it actually works really well. You should try it. And it's evidence-based. Yes. So, like, if we're practicing and we're saying go, you know, go um, with evidence, stay up with evidence, why aren't you changing what you've always done? And questioning your provider when you either listen to this podcast or you see all of this on social media also of like, why am I only doing Kegels in a room? Or like, why is the only homework that you're giving me Kegels? Yeah. Because questioning people, apparently people get really offended. Yes. So this is kind of what even started this um, conversation with Beth Ann and I. We're obviously we're on TikTok, on Instagram, whatever. And we put out information and you can't do all of the information in my brain in a 30 second TikTok or an Instagram post. Right. I mean, there's so much more to the picture, but you can start slowly educating the public, making the medical internet true. Because if you Google things, basically everyone has cancer. So (laughs) like we can start putting out some accurate medical information because we have the credentials to do so. Yeah. So this all started because in one of our um, pelvic PT groups, so pelvic PTs across the world are in it. Someone was like, I get so frustrated when these influencers on TikTok are teaching my patients stuff and they come in and question what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hold up, hold up, hold (laughs) up. Number one, the influencers might be pelvic floor PTs. Yes. And number two, if you're advocating for your patient to question their provider, to suggest a conservative treatment, to to try therapy, to try pessary before surgery, to try different birth positions, to decrease risk of tearing, Mm -hmm. why are you pissed that they're questioning you? Right. I love it when patients ask questions. Well, because you should know everything that's going on in your treatment, like why we're doing things. And if we can't answer it, that's a problem. Right. And I loved when Nicole Cozine, who's like a world-renowned physical therapist, a pelvic floor physical therapist out in California, she wrote the interstitial status solution. Like she's a phenomenal human being, came in to this conversation and was like, actually, what is an influencer? Like what what is that? What are we qualified as? Because technically... We can all be influencers. Right. Some of us might have a greater following. Like, right. I mean, the pelvic dance floor, large following. Love her. And we love Alicia. She's fantastic. So just, I mean, what is an influencer? Like, why? Why is this even a, a, a I mean, conversation can, that's being had? Right. But people can put information out that's accurate. We follow, you know, Babies After 35. Yes. We follow Dr. Jennifer Lincoln, mm-hmm. um, Jill Craft. Like, there are so many physicians that we follow, pelvic floor PTs, that are putting out good evidence-based mm-hmm. information. And if you're taking that to your provider, your provider shouldn't care. There's a provider here in town that I love. Um, um, and I I read an article about a medic from Jill Craft, who I saw on Instagram. Mm-hmm. She's the one that posted it. So then I read it and realized, like, oh, spironolactone can cause um, vulvodynia. And so then I'm looking at one of my patients that hasn't progressed the way that I thought that she should. And her she started taking that med at the exact same time her mm-hmm. pain started. <clears throat> so I called the doc and I'm like, hey, I read this online and I think we should give it a shot. She's like, yeah, I love that idea. 
I love Did, she didn't care. Justice. She didn't care that I necess- like question. I didn't really question her, but like had an idea that wasn't hers. Mm-mm. I love it when patients ask me questions because they know them better than I do. Like I know I'm good at my job. I know where they're at and where I want to go. But they walk around in them. Yes. And if something rings true for them that they saw online, please ask. Let's discuss it. Always. Instead of just getting mad that the patient's just not listening to you, I feel like that's like we're back to toddlerhood where I mean, the toddler just doesn't do what you say, so you're mad at them. I got two of them. I got two of them. They and we're trying me. to like gentle parents over gentle. here. We're trying to reverse the cycle. Yeah. Oh man, it's real hard. Is that real what hard. it is? It's almost like gentle parenting, but gentle being a gentle, gentle provider. provider. <laughs> gentle <laughs> like, provider. If people ask like, you no, questions, my way or the, or they're like allowed the to have a brain and ideas, yeah. and you should be able to back up what you're doing mm-hmm. with evidence. Yeah. And if you don't have like scientific evidence, one layer of evidence is that you tried this before and it worked. We yes. know that's on the evidenti- evidentiary. Evidentiary. Something yeah, like that. I feel like that's we know that that's in the list. It's at the bottom. But you also need to be willing to go grow and change. Always. That's an expectation here at Arkansas Public Health. You need to always be willing to grow and change. Yeah. Because if learn you more, stop, grow and if change. You stop learning. That you you're just, dying. You're, Didn't Einstein yeah. say that? Yeah, I think he did. So, yeah, I mean, there's always the expectation to learn and grow, and you should expect changes when you go into places, instantaneous changes Mm -hmm. where you came in and you were hurting and you walk out and you feel better. Maybe not 100% better, but you're headed in that direction or you have an understanding of what the plan is or what the next steps are if you don't come back feeling better. And also your treatment should change. If you can predict what you're doing before you go in and you can recreate it at home, turns out that's not skilled physical therapy and it's probably unethical to bill it. Mic drop. (laughs) We should just end it right there. (laughs) I mean, anyway, we got way off track. Back to Kegels. Back to Kegels. We don't really do them here. I mean, and... Because you're training something that works automatically. Yes. You're training it to work automatically. So you have to train functionally. Yes. So if you walked into the doors of our clinic, you would see a very um, interesting non-traditional PT clinic. So we don't have a leg press. We don't have any machines. We have a couple of squat racks. We've got a ton of dumbbells, some kettlebells, some boxes, slam balls, slam balls things that you can like actually recreate at home and some TheraBand because we love TheraBand. Right. It's, it's a very non-traditional approach, it's, but it's because we treat very functionally. So we're going to do some bridges and squats and sidestepping all the things that work your Help glutes and make your things. pelvic floor turn on. Yeah. And that's another thing. You're not going to see us telling people to Kegel while they run if they're leaking while they run. Kegel no. while they're sled push if they're leaking while they do that. No. Like Kegels happen automatically. So if yeah. you are being told to Kegel, the rest of your body is not working well. You're compensating somewhere with your glutes, your hips, your thoracic spine. It's just a full body approach. Right. Kegels are rarely necessary. Rarely. And here's like going back to that's, you know, you're, you need to train it functionally, right? Because that's how it works. Mm-hmm. But let's even go back to how do you even know that the pelvic floor is lengthened and ready to contract? So mm-hmm. I always use my arms as an example. Like if my arms all the way straight, you know, that would be a relaxed bicep and then I can bend it all the way up and it's contracted. And when you're Kegeling, it's kind of like your arm. You have the relaxed state and the contracted mm-hmm. state. What if you're already in the contracted state? You don't want to Kegel because you're already gonna be, you're already contracted. Why would you continually contract something? Right. And so a lot of our leakage patients, people always think like, oh, I have leakage, I better Kegel. But sometimes, I would say more times than not, yes leakage is not a weakened pelvic floor it's a pelvic floor that's slightly contracted yeah i agree and so then we have to teach relaxation techniques yes and then we do the functional strengthening around it yes 
I mean, it's complex. I know this is why we we've honestly barely got it in PT school. This mm-hmm. is the extra training after and the extra certification. I truly think for us that's what started yeah. changing the pages. So Beth Ann, mm-hmm. hey, was the first one in the state oh, to hey. be a certified pelvic practitioner. You don't have to be that to practice, but she studied and took another exam and did it, and then I was the second. And that was, what, years was that? 2016. Yeah. A long time ago. I was pregnant during mine, so 2019 or something. So, yeah, a long time ago. And we were the first two in the state. And that's truly what studying is what made me start Mm -hmm. thinking differently. I was like, oh, just because I was taught this doesn't mean this is how it is. Yeah. Honestly, that's back to gentle parenting. (laughs) Just because you were raised a certain way doesn't mean that's how you raise your kids. Like, you're allowed to, like, bust barriers, change things up. Yeah. Um, and people are starting to catch on to this. It's starting to be in evidence more. Yes. And one thing that I love is the AUA guidelines, the American Urological Association yes. put out got newer guidelines updated this year, 2022. 2022. And it literally says first line of therapy should be pelvic, pelvic floor, floor PT, therapy, but don't do Kegels. No Kegels. <laughs> it literally says that. So no if your Kegels. pelvic floor PT was only Kegels, that's um, a problem. Right. And that's, that's a probably problem. why you potential self issues come on back come oh, on back give us come to arkansas we'll, we'll give you a we'll give you a um, good treatment anyway we get we never really stray away from hate we try to direct it head on yes direct it we um hit we hit it attack, head, attack it. it head on yeah hit it head on yeah which is why our page you know we get tons of dms from people that are like oh my gosh thank you so much for posting that and then people that are like um why are you doing this and yeah. We're like, hey, there's new evidence. Here it is. Here it is. You know, here's yes. some ideas. Try this. Because people get comfortable, right? Yeah. You And that's the thing is, is like PTs in general, we were we were kind of, not 100%, but kind of PT raised to just be against physicians. Yes. Which you we know, shouldn't like, be because physicians are like right. our number one fans. Right. So like kind of PT raised to be against physicians, as in physicians would do surgery more often. They'll do medication more often and not do conservative measures. They'll do more imaging, whatever. So you kind of learn all those things and, and they're trying to teach us, you know, we don't always need imaging. Imaging right. isn't always accurate and you don't always need medication. Maybe you could try this. Medication has side effects, whatever. So you're kind of start to be PT raised, not to refer out, not mm-hmm. to do these different things and to question your provider. Okay, ask them about this. Right. But yet when we get questioned, we're like, no. <laughs> we, it, It's so interesting, you know, to, even as human beings, when people question us, mm-hmm. sometimes we get defensive, but we should be able to answer. Tune into that Enneagram Tune. 9. Get your different points of view. A 9. Ooh, I am not a 9. Uh, Lord, we all know that. <laughs> Okay, one. <laughs> Bethany and I, you know, we always put in tidbits so y'all can learn our personalities because we have been told that our voices sound really similar. So I am a seven. Bethany is a one. But really, we're a power team. Yeah, ones and sevens work well together. So anyway, it's just one of those, like, you have to get to other people's point of view, realize that you might be incorrect mm-hmm. and be willing to grow and change and normalize just changing your opinion if you learn more. Yeah. And move outside of the pelvis if you're a pelvic PT. Like we can't just be zoned the the normal PT doesn't look at one specific thing. They're looking at everything. Right. And just so, because we are specialized in pelvic floor doesn't mean you know what, we're only gonna look at the pelvis and that's all we're gonna look at. Yeah. It could be a foot problem. Like But also Please use your cozine screening tool. Um, typical, Again, pel- typical generalist P 
PTs because if your patient's having pelvic floor issues, do not just give them Kegels. Please don't do that. Please stop. Please do <laughs> not do that. Um, same thing with, you know, physicians. We know about the little pamphlet and the Kegels, but the thing I love about that is once you make relationships with them, you can show them new evidence. It's not their job no. to stay up with physical therapy evidence. No. It's our job, and they it's our job to share. They have many things that they're trying right. to learn themselves. They have their own evidence on surgical right. techniques they're looking at. Right. It's our job to keep our physicians. So if your physicians you feel like are all old school and they're not changing with the times, that's your own problem. You take, need to create relationships evidence. with them and you need to show them some stuff and show them what you can do. It's not their job to learn everything about your specialty. No, it's not. But it is our job to make our make our patients feel empowered and to be able to advocate for themselves when right. we to us, to us, and to other and people, to, and to other people, because we spend so much time with our patients. You know, a physician might be super busy and only get like five minutes, but we right. get an hour once, maybe twice a week. We mm-hmm. typically see people once a week, but that you learn a lot more. You get more detailed. Yeah. So here's an example. Recently, I had a patient, and her referral said like pain with intercourse. I was like, cool, cool. And then, you know, I'm in here doing the eval, and it's not necessarily pain with intercourse. It's pain after orgasm. And so that leads you down a different track. That's a different track. Um, You know, with which muscles you're working with and things like that. And so then I, when I was sending the the documentation evaluation back, I just, you know, put a little tidbit in there. Oh, I think that this pain actually has to do with inflammation because of the blood flow after Mm -hmm. climax, because it's not just pain with intercourse. It was an insertion that hurt. And so, you know, it just changes it. But I had the hour to talk about it. They're like, yes, sex hurts. I'm like, all right, what position? At the start? At the end? Is it after? Are we lubricated? Do we need something Right. How is foreplay? I mean, you're going through all (laughs) of it. Did the oven get warmed up? But you know what? The provider that sent them here did their job. They asked their patient, do you have pain with sex? They said, yes, they sent them to us. Yes. That's their job. It's simple. So, I mean, and circling back to the we were kind of PT raised to not trust doctors, we were. I mean, or chiropractors mm-hmm. or whatever. It's And you have to realize your place and that healthcare is too choppy. Yes. Holistic care is always going to be best. And so that's one way, approach that we've done differently too is have zero cares because this is PG. Um <laughs> About referring a patient back out. If no. I'm like, oh, I think this could be your blood sugar, as I alluded to earlier, I send them back to their PCP yeah. or, you know, whatever, because we're not, we can't do it all. We have one specific specialty, and when you provide holistic care, then you can refer out, and you can send them back to their doctor or whatever. You're not going to keep them on your schedule for six months no. doing Kegels. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. Okay. I don't know. I'm sure there's more that we could cover, but basically our, you know, what, what's the end? The summary. summary. The, the summary. summary. I'm really having some word A summarization of this podcast. Number one, please don't do Kegels. Yeah, pretty much ever. Um, rarely ever, yeah. Mm-hmm. And number two, advocate for yourself to your physical therapist, to your doctors. If you find something online that relates, ask them about it. Now, be respectful because... Mm-hmm. You can't summarize all the knowledge in my brain from one Google article, nor can you summarize all of med school residency fellowship with one little thing that you read online, but discuss it with them and they should respectfully be able to discuss it with you back and say, I can see what you're saying there, but I don't think it's this because of this. Yes. Or I can see what you're saying there. That's a good idea. Let's Let's try try pelvic floor PT. Yeah. 
but you you're allowed to bring things up to your providers yes. i kind of love and hate google because you cannot google physical therapy you can't no. google i I'm, i see these groups like i did my physical therapy exercises that i found on youtube i'm like no no it's not individualized but you know you can get some decent information on tiktok honestly yeah. on instagram depending on the credentials behind the person not posting. necessarily wikipedia that's not always right true. skip that mm, skip that and and bring it up to your provider. Advocate yeah. for yourself. But in general, don't just do Kegels. Please don't do that. Dig further and question people. And normalize changing your opinion. And continue learning. Yeah. That was a lot of summary. That was a lot of summary. <laughs> and we're out. <laughs> <laughs>